11-year-old Madalena Kojakari was reported missing on December 15th in Cornelius, North Carolina, but her mother says she last saw her on November 23rd. Now, mother Diana Kojakari and stepfather Christopher Palmiter have been arrested for failing to report Madalena missing. Law enforcement are now reporting that Diana was seen in rural Madison County around the time Madalena went missing, and they need the public's help. everybody and welcome to the true crime squad this is katie weaver and i'm here with my sister co-host and partner in crime christy brower hello oh hey everybody happy Um, monday yes it is monday (laughs) it's going well it's going quite well good i've been i've been beating all weekend i'm so spoiled it's been great not a bad way to live for sure no not at (laughs) all Yeah, it is. Yeah, this is our Monday uh, edition. So much going on right now. I had a hard time choosing what episode uh, where I wanted to focus today, but I, I think yeah, I think I got it right. But man, there's a lot happening in the crime world. Yeah, unfortunately, there is. However, uh, this afternoon, it's sitting at my desk, uh, researching my case and getting ready to uh, record. I looked up out the window, right, like right outside the window from my office and this is what i saw oh a baby moose he was here yesterday too and now he's back uh no mom there is just no mom we followed him for quite a while yesterday you know quietly and at a distance uh hoping to see a mom there's no mom and now he's back today wandering around. There is no mom. Mm-hmm. Everyone keeps telling me, and like I'm not an idiot. I've lived in Idaho my whole life. But, you know, watch out because wherever he is, there's a big mean mama. I wish that was true. Right. I wish that was true. She could be in my yard all she wants. I'd keep my dogs pinned down and well, she can come be with her baby. There's you don't no see mama. babies this young wandering around alone unless there's something wrong. Yeah. It's hard to see. You know, it's hard to give scale so much from the video, but he is barely taller than like a great dane barely mm, he's, he's not big mm, mm, his baby. eyes are blue kind of blue and milky maybe that's how they are when they're first born i i'm not totally sure i'm not either now i mean he's obviously he's eating and he's pooping i know that for sure uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know and and he's he may be okay by himself but it worries me. Um, there's so many highways and roads around here that he could get in trouble on. Yeah. I don't know, you guys. I'm not sure. Mm. We get moose over here, you know. And in the yeah. past, I called the sheriff one night when there were two moose on the highway that I almost hit. And they were like, yeah, hopefully they get down to the river soon. Like, they don't do much about it. But one time a moose uh, was in our neighborhood and they chased it to these very lilacs you just saw. And pinned it against the fence, a big, big uh, bull moose. And they uh, tranked him and then hooked chains on his hooves and drug him out of those trees and into a trailer. And it was the most traumatic 
sad, frightening thing I have ever experienced. And frankly, I'm kind of hesitant to call a fishing game and maybe I shouldn't be. And maybe I doubt they're interested to be honest, but well, I don't, don't know. always survive these trankings. I mean, right. I wouldn't want to see this baby tranked and they may not. They told us that the survival rate from being tranked is 50%. Oh, God. 50%. That's terrifying. Well, and that little baby's not hurting anything. No, I just don't want him to get out on the road and get hit. Right. But he's not, we could stay here all winter for all I care, but yeah, hmm. poor little thing. So I don't know. And then there's this idiot part of me that's like, maybe we should go pick up some hay. <laughs> I'm like, are you stupid? No, that's not do what you, you do with wild animals. You, you can walk it in your, in your backfield. <laughs> Wait till it's big enough to jump your fence because it will get that big. <laughs> it will get that big, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I'm sure I'll keep you updated on the saga of the moose. Kind yes. of doubt this is the last we see of him. But anyway, mm -hmm. so that's what's up at my house. Yeah. Moose Watch 2023. Right. But we have all kinds of true crime to get to. So I'm going to go ahead and kick the mic over to you for our first episode. This is a brand new segment that we just developed. Of course, uh, We've needed it for a while. This is our yeah. serial killer news. Yes. Since the arrest of Brian Koberger, I've seen a lot of comparisons between him and Ted Bundy and Dennis Rader, the BTK killer. Yeah. And first of all, I don't like that because BTK and... Ted Bundy, Ted Bundy especially, they're very romanticized serial killers. Yes. Which I think is the weirdest, creepiest, grossest thing I've ever heard in my life. The wrongest also, thing. Yeah. Wrong, 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 first of all. I mean, they've actually, there's a statement published out in the news by Dennis Rader saying how he's like him. Oh, my what God. What the hell? are I'm not even going to share it with you. No, I Dennis. don't care what BTK thinks about anything. But I yep. want, I did do kind of a side-by-side -side comparison of them and their crimes to tell you how they're really not that much alike. Because I think we need to get with reality about what is actually true. Yeah. So um, here are a few comparisons. Brian Koberg has been convicted of nothing. So yeah. he is a suspected murderer. Yeah. Uh, his crime does not qualify him as a serial killer. Serial killers commit multiple murders with space in in time and space you know like mm -hmm. not one one murder of four people does not make someone a serial killer right uh dennis rader uh was convicted of uh first degree murder and given 10 consecutive life sentences he is yeah. in prison for life ted bundy was executed on january 24th of 1989 he had 20 confirmed victims Bundy had first-degree murder convictions. He had rape convictions. He had attempted murder convictions. He had all kinds of stuff. So, first of all, there's a big difference. Yeah. Then, okay, so Brian Koberger. Um, is it Berger or Berg? Why am I? It's Berger. It is Berger. Okay, I wrote Berg in my notes. That's why I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Okay. Um, let's talk about what they did in their crimes. So we know that um, Koberger is accused of stalking and stabbing his victims. Mm -hmm. 
Dennis Rader is known as the BTK killer, the bind, torture, kill yeah. murderer. He was a sexual sadist. Mm-hmm. He also killed families. He killed yeah. two different families, plus um, a bunch of individual women. So he did stalk and research his victims. Oh, yeah. So definitely he did do that. We know that, you know, Koberger likely did as well. Um but he posed and photographed his victims and moved their bodies huh. to different places. Koberger just left the bodies in their beds. He didn't do any of that. Also, there was no sexual assault of anyone. That's true. And Dennis Rader did sexually assault his victims. Uh, Ted Bundy, he beat and sexually assaulted his victims um, up to the point of like sexual torture. He abducted his victims and disposed of their bodies, and they would be missing for a long period of time. Yeah. So not a lot similar there. Right. Um, Brian Koberger is a PhD criminology student. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, Dennis Rader had a bachelor, bachelor's degree in administration of justice. Hmm. And Ted Bundy did have a degree in psychology, and he... Um, he went to law school briefly. He only, he didn't even make it one year. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously Koberger's victims are all in one place. Yeah. Um, Dennis Rader's victims were all in, you know, in different places. Ted yeah. Bundy killed people in multiple States. So well, it had so many more victims. Right. So I mean, many more. Like victims. you said, for, for, Deaths in one event does not a serial killer make. Right. Not at all. Um, let's see. So we do know that Koberger did that, that creepy criminal justice survey asking people about the crimes they had committed and how they dealt with yeah. them emotionally and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ted Bundy actually wrote a pamphlet on rape prevention and he worked in a suicide hotline. Yes, he did. Isn't that horrifying? Creepy. It is. However, kind of similar, still not. Yeah. Um, mental health diagnoses. So Dennis Rader's been diagnosed antisocial with antisocial personality disorder, OCD, and n- narcissistic personality disorder. Uh, Ted Bundy was diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder, antisocial personality dis- disorder, and maybe bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. You don't have any... Um, diagnosis on Brian Koberger yet. Right. He's going to have a psychological evaluation. So we'll see right. what they think. I mean, he definitely shows some signs of being a psychopath. These mm-hmm. th- three of these men were psychopaths. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, also Dennis Rader and Ted Bundy operated for a significant amount of time uh, before they were caught. Yes. Brian Koberger made it six weeks. Right. If this is his first crime, if it is, we are assuming that it is. We don't know for sure that it is because I would imagine that the authorities in Pennsylvania right now are going, hmm. Right. They're definitely checking and, mm-hmm. and they should be. Um, you know, he, so Koberger is known to be kind of weird and off putting. Yeah. Um, Big delineation here from him which right. Bundy, of course, faked injuries and used his charm and his mm-hmm. looks to lure women in. Right. He kidnapped them. 
Bundy didn't have a hard time getting the girl. No. That's one of the reasons I keep wondering what people, Koberger couldn't get a girl. No. And Raider was married with kids. Yeah. So, I mean, seriously, I just wanted yeah. to bring some of those things up because the sensationalism of serial killers, the romanticization of them, and now we're comparing him to some of these really prolific, horrific murderers. Mm -hmm. Please, let's hope Brian Koberger isn't that bad. Right. I mean, it's almost like people want that to be true. And it's and it isn't. Do. Yeah. And it's gross. So we need to quit it. But, you know, yeah. if you ever wonder, go look up, go look them up, look up their crimes. They are not they are not that similar. Plus, we cannot call Koberger a serial killer. He's not even convicted of anything yet. Right. So, and I but I think the biggest takeaway is the romanticizing of serial killers. Ugh, gross, right? We need to be super careful about that because uh, you know who romanticized serial killers? Brian Kohlberger. Right. He did. You know, and there is this weird kind of quasi connection to BTK because of one of his professors at DeSalle's in Pennsylvania mm -hmm. is the person who kind of befriended Raider and learned a lot about him and wrote his uh, wrote his biography and that kind of stuff. Um, but actually going to Dennis Rader and asking for a quote about this, that is the grossest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Why in the hell does anybody care mm -hmm. what Dennis Rader thinks about yeah. anything? Anything. Awful. So anyway, just wanted to address that because I think we have to be really careful. I'm not here as a true crime podcaster to romanticize serial killers. No. They, they are horrific humans who have done unbelievably horrible things. Well, and right and, now we have four families. Right. Who just had one of their young adults murdered. Yeah. We have all of these friends. We have the entire town of Moscow. We have the University of Idaho. There are a lot of hurting people right now. Yeah. Including Koberger's family. Including Koberger's family. And we should be really... That, that's where our focus should be in on justice. Not... Yes. And already respect. putting him in the next lifetime movie. Let's right, just yeah. slow Let's just down. not do that. Let's not do that. Let's let him fade, you know, now that mm -hmm. he's arrested and if he's convicted and, you know, let's let him fade, fade you know, fade away into the annals of history rather than mm -hmm. romanticizing him. So that's my It's hard to imagine today. that this isn't part of what he wanted, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm sure that it is that notoriety. It's gross. Yeah. It's super it's gross. It's really weird. Yeah. But you know, don't take people's word for it when they start giving this really sensational view of these things because it's not true. No. No. And in this case, it's just not to the point that I can't figure out why people keep saying it. But anyway, it's, it's just because of the romanticization, mm -hmm. <laughs> romanticizing serial killers, I think. Mm hmm. Why would we want anyone to be like Bundy, to be like Raider, or no. any of the other serial killers out there? We don't want anyone to be like that. No. So that's my two cents. And that being said, I'm going to kick the mic back to you for our main case. Okay. All righty. Well, this case, I wish we had hopped on sooner. Uh, I was aware of it back in December, but then our holiday schedule kind of threw us off track and I may, I kind of lost track of this case. And then it came mm -hmm. this week and I went, what are we doing? This is, this is a case for us mm -hmm. to cover this. We are talking about the disappearance of Madalena 
She is 11 years old. She went missing. Oh, the story is hard to hear and hard to tell. It's the same shit, different day, I'm afraid, but we'll, we'll get there. So, Madalena went missing sometime in November. So, we don't know exactly what day. Because her family are a big bunch of liars. Yeah. But supposedly, his mom and stepdad had a fight. And after they had Can a you move your mic just a little closer. Yeah. Like some of your words are cutting out just a little bit. I think your mic might be too far from Okay. Your Is that better? Yeah, much. Okay. Supposedly, mom and stepdad had a fight back in November. And the next day, he got up and went on a business trip and was gone for a few days. According to mom, after he left that morning, uh, she got up and couldn't find her daughter. So she told the police she just assumed that she went with stepdad. Assumed? Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. This was on November 23rd. So then, of course, November 24th, it is Thanksgiving Day. Right. Mom gets up. Madalena's not there. Supposedly, she decides that she must have just gone with Dad. Dad is gone. Uh, well, Mom says she didn't get out of bed and check on her daughter till 1130 a.m. It's Thanksgiving Day. Huh. Maybe they don't practice it. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't. Uh, then November 26th in the evening, Christopher comes home. And again, according to mom, she's told the police quite a few stories, but this seems to be the going okay. one. That uh, she asks him if he knows where Madalena is, and he says no. And she says that she doesn't know where she is either. What? Like you yeah. wouldn't immediately check to see if he had her? Right. Like phones right. don't work. Hello, really? this is the age of cell phones. Mm -hmm. She didn't speak to him that whole time? It'll be real uh, interesting to see what their phone this records say. Bullshit. It's so, yeah. So, she uh, does nothing. Nothing. And the school finally starts getting a little wigged out about the fact that uh, Madalena has just stopped showing up. Madalena. Has just stopped mm -hmm. showing up. And so they call the house a couple of times. And mom finally agrees to uh, come in with her. And then shows up to the school not with her. And tells them that she's actually, they don't know where she is. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. And that is on December 15th. Jesus Christ. Or December 14th, sorry. December That's 14th. Like three weeks. Yeah. Uh, a school resource officer tried to visit the home on December 12th. So then December 13th, she tells the school she'll bring her in on the 14th, shows up on the 14th and, uh, you know, admits that she's been missing for a while and she doesn't know where she is. Yeah, three weeks. Oh so, obviously, the school insists that, uh, you know, the police be called and she be reported missing. And that's mm -hmm. the first the police knew. Of a missing child. Oh my God. So they lost the three most important weeks. You know, the, the 48 most important hours 
so much more than that. Mm -hmm. Holy cow. Mm -hmm. So I have two uh, videos from the police department. The police department, my God, this is some of the best communication I've seen out of police departments on cases like this. These guys are doing it right. So this is Cornelius, uh, North Carolina. This is the Cornelius uh, department. So this is the first video that was released. I'll show you that first. The Cornelius Police Department, the FBI, and the SBI are searching for 11-year-old Madalena Kojikari. The Cornelius Police Department, located in Cornelius, North Carolina, learned Madalena was missing on December 15, 2022. Captain Jennifer Thompson explains. Our school resource officer and the school counselor tried several times to contact Madalena's mother due to a high number of absences. After agreeing to bring Madalena to school, Diana Kojikari showed up alone, saying she didn't know where her daughter was and hadn't seen her since November 23rd. Her mother, Diana, and her stepfather, Christopher Palmiter, are both charged with failure to report the disappearance of a child to law enforcement. The investigation uncovered video of Madalena getting off the school bus on November the 21st. It's the last confirmed sighting of the sixth grader. Cornelius Police Captain Thompson. Madalena is four feet, 10 inches tall and weighs 90 pounds. She has brown hair and brown eyes. In a missing child investigation, every second counts. Unfortunately, in this case, it was more than three weeks before our department was notified she was missing. Despite being hampered by the timeline, we are doing everything possible to find her. If you have information to help the investigators, call the Cornelius Police Department at 704-892-7773 or 1-800-CALL-FBI. Yeah. Um, first of all, to their credit, what a great video. Mm-hmm. What a great way to use media yes. and social media to help what you're doing. I really appreciated that. Uh, but that's kind of the situation that they are in. Now, I want to give you an update video that the uh, police chief released just a couple of days ago or a few days ago. Good afternoon. I'm Captain Jennifer Thompson of the Cornelius Police Department. First, on behalf of our command staff, our town manager, and elected officials, I want to say thank you to all the agencies who are assisting us in our search for Madalena. Over the past 12 days, the Cornelius Police Department has led a massive investigation to find 11-year-old Madalena Kojikari. One of the challenges in this case, simply put, we were not notified she was gone, a delay of three weeks. School officials had repeatedly tried to contact Madalena's parents. Finally, on December 15th, Madalena's mother walked into school and said her daughter was missing. We immediately called in partners from across the state and from the FBI. Since that Thursday, nearly two weeks ago, hundreds of agents, detectives, analysts, and other employees surged. In cooperation with the district attorney's office, we arrested Madalena's mother, Diana Kojikari, and her stepfather, Christopher Palmiter. Thankfully, the state of North Carolina has a law that makes it illegal if someone fails to report a missing child to law enforcement. Here are some of the specifics. Investigators have developed and followed nearly 250 leads spanning across state lines 
and across the globe. We have interviewed hundreds of people in North Carolina and other states and again across the globe. We went door to door to at least 245 homes focusing on the Victoria Bay community where Madalena lives. We canvassed businesses and scoured through hours of surveillance video from all over the area. We also led land and water searches around Lake Cornelius as a precautionary measure. Investigators obtained multiple search warrant for Madalena's home to make sure we legally gathered each and every possible piece of evidence to find Madalena. We know everyone has a lot of questions. We also have questions and are doing everything we can with proper legal authority to get those answers. We know you understand us sharing investigative details could harm our efforts in finding Madalena. The Corneas Police Department is so grateful for the tremendous outpouring of support. This is a serious case of a child whose parents clearly are not telling us everything they know. Please call us if you have eyewitness information. Thank you for your time and efforts to help us find Madalena. So that's where it's at. Wow. Thank God for a state who actually has a law in place so that if you don't report your child missing, you're going to go to jail. I mean, Every state should have that law. That's so basic. In You are responsible for this child. If you do not report them missing, then you are involved. I mean, come on. That's right. just, that's very obvious to me. And I don't okay. think that there's ever going to be a situation in which if the parents don't report that they aren't involved. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is horrifying. That poor little girl. Look, can you imagine where things might be in the Oakley Carlson case right now? Right. If that was a law in Washington. Yeah. Yeah. That should be a law everywhere. It should. So there's lots of unanswered questions right now, but there's been a big development just here in like the last 24 hours or so. And that is that a deputy in Madison County which is uh, towards Tennessee, very, very rural, says that he spoke to the mom in a greenish Prius and she was pulled off to the side of the road and he stopped to check and make sure she was okay. She was alone. And so now they're like, wait a second, what the hell was she doing clear out here? Right. So now- What day was that? hope that we know. I'm not sure that we know, actually. I don't think we know what day it was. She's but it was out there some, alone? It was sometime after she went missing. It was sometime after the 23rd. Hmm. Yeah, what the hell was she doing out there? What was she doing out there? So that's a big question. Wanting to know what uh, what is going on. So they're just asking anyone who may have seen it from November 22nd to December 15th, a gray or green mm. Prius in that area. And they also uh, are sharing pictures of Diana J- Kajari. Kojikari. Kojikari. I knew that was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so I, but I wanted to show that one more time. So 11 year old Madeline. Sorry. Wrong media. Let me get there. All right, so this is the poster. So these are pictures of mom, Diana. And this oh, is... Oh, okay. I've seen Priuses that color before. 
yeah, this is the potential color of the car, either that greenish or grayish color. This is another, this is a mock-up of cars, what that color would look like. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Yep, so in that area, they're asking anybody who has seen a car that color, especially when acting weird, to let them know that's one of the biggest breakthroughs they have. I have to imagine that they're still working with the FBI right now to get all of their digitals in order. Right. So, you know, obviously, I think everyone would like to know, did Stepdad actually go out of town? Was that story even true? Right. Uh, if he did, exactly where did he go? Because mm -hmm. we know just recently here in the Brian Koberger case that uh, they have CCTV from various stoplights of him in multiple states on his way from Idaho all the way back to Pennsylvania. Right. So I'm going to assume if we know what dad drove, what his plates are. Mm hmm that they can probably track his movements and decide if he actually went there or didn't. Right. And hopefully be able to track that Prius, except for that. I don't think they have a plate on the Prius. So mm. I, I don't know if they do. So I don't know on that. But anyway, I would imagine that right now they are working furiously to get all the tech figured out. Yeah. Also, it would be very interesting to know if he indeed really took that trip, which I think is dubious. But if he did take mm -hmm. that trip, uh, did they seriously not talk to each other the whole time he was gone? Right. Or have really? any contact? That's a long time to go somewhere and not speak with your spouse. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe they just have a real shit relationship and they don't talk. That's certainly possible. But for most people, if you go out of town for a few days like that, there will be texting and phone calls between you and your and your partner. Like, mm -hmm. the hell? Right. For sure. And also give me a damn break. There's no way in hell you wake up in the morning on a holiday and your child is not home and you don't know where she is and you think, oh, perhaps her stepdad took her on a two or three day trip and didn't tell me that you're not calling them. Give me right. a break. Yeah. If she really thinks anybody's buying any of this bullshit, she's seriously. Of course delusional. they're not. Of course she's just they're not. called out it to a point that she's had to make up something. <clears throat> Mm -hmm. With the school getting involved, you know. But yeah. to say I'll be there tomorrow with her? Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, That's Lori Vallow stuff. Yeah, it is. Yikes. You know? So, a few things we know. She, Mom, I believe, is from Moldova. Mm -hmm. And that's where her family is. She told the police that she had had a conversation with her sister on the phone telling her, that her daughter was missing, letting their family know. And she also said that they had, uh, well, that she had had those conversations with her family. Mm -hmm. um, so, of course, um, when they say that they've interviewed people around the globe, they're talking to her family in Moldova mm -hmm. to find out what the hell they know, wow. if anything. Sure. But she also told the police that she couldn't... Uh, she didn't report her daughter missing because she knew it would cause problems in the marriage. Whoa. It's a pretty interesting situation. She's 37. He's mm -hmm. 60. Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, and I mean, she just implicated him right there. 
-hmm. Is that intentional part of her trickery here or what? I have no idea. Is that totally implicating him? Mm -hmm. Wow. So girl, Jesus. They actually, they were supposed to be in court and be arraigned on their, uh, charges and they ended up postponing that and doing a closed door deal with the lawyers and the judge um idaho anyone mm-hmm. and at any rate the terms of their bond are i believe hers is 250 and his is 200,000 or vice versa mm-hmm. but they're both right in that ballpark mm-hmm. um they both have to surrender their visas where they to bond out or their uh, passports where they to bond out and have to wear ankle monitors and cannot have any contact with each other if they bond out. Wow. I'm kind of doubt either of them bond out, but we'll right. I if he bonds out and she doesn't, yeah. yeah. That's not good. Because I'm guessing he's got control of the money. So yikes. Yeah. It's a bad situation for sure. But of all of that, who cares? Where is this kid? Where is this child? What the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. Thanks. So that's what we know. Keeping a close eye on it. Um, I don't believe this story has had enough national press. Uh, even in reading through comments from news articles, people that live in those areas are commenting saying, I live here and I had no idea this was happening. Oh, no. Now, obviously, the police department is trying to get the word out, but, Mm -hmm. you know, not everybody watches the news or the right news to get the local stuff they need to see and whatnot. And, of course, there's no Amber Alert because she doesn't fit any of those parameters. So that's what we know. Total crap. It is. But I wanted to leave you with uh, just a short clip of her getting off the bus one more time. And this was on the 21st. Mm-hmm. So really, the 21st is the last time that she was ever actually seen by anybody other than her parents that we are aware of. Was that the beginning of Thanksgiving break? Like mm-hmm. the 21st? That was the last day she went to school. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I sure hope they find her alive. Yes. Oh, there was one more thing. I knew I had one more thing to share on this. The police department received a handwritten letter on the 22nd, just expressing their devastation and their heartbreak and, you know, thanking the police and offering support. And... I'll just read the the last paragraph. Our family would like to express sincere gratitude to each and every one of you for your support. Our family will continue to do everything we know and learn to do for Madalena's safe return. Blessings. Um, The word on the street is that that was actually written by the stepdad's family. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I thought so too. Uh, But I'm really interested to know what the... uh, what her family knows, if anything, mm-hmm. right? You know, and what what is going on there? But I, I suspect we will know. There was a search warrant uh, that was mostly sealed mm-hmm. for their home and whatnot, and 
there's been uh, an application to unseal that. So if it gets unsealed, we may have a little more information about what specifically they were looking for or, and what gave them the uh, search warrant. But that would just depend on uh, whether or not the court unseals that. And, yeah. and maybe they shouldn't. I don't know. I, I get yeah. very nervous and shifty about these cases getting compromised. So, right. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah which I think, uh, what were they looking for? I'm just going to go out on a limb here and assume that they were looking for um, any sign Madalena. of Madalena in any capacity. So, mm -hmm. yeah. All righty. Well, that's it. So we'll keep an eye on it and let you guys know any uh, updates that we see. In the meantime, Christy, I'm going to kick the mic over to you for a true crime update. Uh, some WTF news, but yes. Oh. <laughs> Well, sometimes apples don't fall far from the tree when the tree might be rotten as well. Mm -hmm. The Uvalde shooter, you may remember, who um, shot up an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas. His mother, her name is Adriana Martinez Reyes. She's 40 years old, and she has been arrested for threatening to kill her boyfriend. She told the police that she is the mother of, quote, the one that killed all of the children in the Uvalde, Texas shooting. Mm, God. Um, Salvador R Ramos, mm -hmm. children and two teachers on May 24th at Robb Elementary, and he died that day as well. Uh, he also had shot his grandmother in the face before that, and she did survive. So uh, Martinez Reyes now lives in Oklahoma. And on Wednesday, police in Oklahoma City went to were called to her home for the second time in one day. There was a, a domestic altercation happening. Um, the man at the home said that he had had a falling out with her uh -huh. and that he had grown afraid of her recently. So at uh -huh. some point on that day, she had threatened to kill him. Um, he is what he told the officers. So wow. she's charged with threatening to perform an act of violence and assault and battery. Uh-huh. Man, <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. So she was released from uh, the Oklahoma County Detention Center on Friday afternoon. Uh, her bond ha had been set at $1,000. So there's just not a ton known. Um so far but this is certainly um difficult you know yeah. this is disheartening to see yeah his family participating in more violence it's pretty freaking scary actually it yeah. is it is and you know we and know telling i guess yeah i mean we know that kids learn violence at home mm -hmm. and i don't know this just i it, a part of me feels for her a little bit because she and her family have been through hell over this, mm -hmm. but it also makes me wonder, you know, he wasn't living with her at the time he was living with his grandmother because there had mm -hmm. been a lot of problems, but it makes me wonder how much violence came from her in this family. So we'll keep an eye on that and let you know yeah. if there are any developments. Perfect. All righty. Well, there you have it. That is our Monday episode. So we will be back on Tuesday and Wednesday with brand new episodes. Then we'll be back Wednesday night for Wednesday night case updates. So keep an mm -hmm. eye on it. As always, like, share, follow. Uh, if you head over to truecrimesquad.com, if you would like to tip us, uh, that would be a great way to do it. If you do, 
if you don't, no worries there either. But sure. many of you have asked on how you can better support us, and we appreciate that so much. Also, keep an eye on our Patreon. We do have two episodes that come out every month that only get published to Patreon. Yeah, we have had some doozies over there recently. And we oof, sure have. Last year became the year of the cults for some reason. That's <laughs> it. In Patreon. Because uh, some of like the more active currently uh, operating cults, we won't uh, do stories on those publicly because we no. don't like getting harassed and it's happened no. before. So it's we're... a safety issue for sure. <laughs> yeah. But, um, oh man, there's a cult coming on there this month that you guys, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye on that. But as always, thanks so much for being here. Take care. Please do something good for yourself today. You always deserve it. This has been yet another edition of the True Crime Squad. Bye, everybody. Thank you.